I think that it's something that a lot of people don't talk about is like how scary and uncertain it is. I think that talking about your team on social media can sometimes feel like a flex, but it's it's so much more going on under under the surface. Welcome to the Step Into Clarity podcast. I'm your host, Marissa, founder of Quill & Co. and mentor of other designers just like you. Step into clarity with me as I have candid conversations about both the growth and the goof-ups of navigating this wild ride of online business. integrating employees into Quill & Co was really daunting and one of the scariest things I did last year. I've had contractors in the past, but in April 2021, I had hired a part-time designer to help me out with projects. And then three months later, I brought her on full-time. Then in September, I hired a full-time operations assistant to help support the back-end side of Quill & Co. So in this week's episode, I talk about how hiring my first employee helped me not only with my workflow, but helped me create my ideal company culture, how I knew when it was time to switch from contracted work to a full-time employee and all of the struggles I'm still trying to figure out around no longer being a solopreneur. Hello, friend, and welcome back to another episode of the Step Into Clarity podcast. I am so excited that you're here with me today. I am in the middle of moving, so I am on my bed recording, which is actually very cozy. So I'm thinking of this like we're having a slumber party right now, but you just don't know that. So <laughs> so today's episode, I'm talking all about hiring and a little bit about my journey of hiring, some unexpected things that I learned along the way, and how you can start preparing to hire if that's something that you are interested in doing. So I will just dive right in. Before I had hired employees, I had worked with contractors before in my business. So I had hired um, some copywriters before one to do website copy, and then later to do a sales page. And then I also work with a copywriter ongoing on like a monthly retainer that helps me do some copywriting. I've also worked with like photographers and other contractors, one time with an ads person. So kind of contractors that are filling in gaps for really specific areas of the business. I've also had a VA before that did more general work and supporting me with miscellaneous tasks through the business. And I've worked with a junior designer that was a contractor. And so when hiring, I didn't realize the huge difference between contractors and employees. But my friend Kira LaForgia, she's the founder of Paradigm Consulting. And she always says like, you don't get to choose if you have contractors or employees on your team. It's ultimately chosen by the role that you're looking to fill and essentially the guidelines set by the IRS. Sounds very scary. I promise it's not. So basically when you're thinking of, do I need a contractor or employee? Think about the role that you're trying to fill for your business. So is it something that is very specific to one task? Like 
copywriting. I need a sales page written. That would be for a contractor. Or is it something like I need ongoing support and I want that person to have like autonomy in that project? Or if you want to train them on how you want it done, or if you want them to show up to scheduled meetings, then that's probably an employee role. So I'm definitely not an HR person or a lawyer or someone qualified to give any type of legal advice, obviously. (laughs) But I wanted to talk a little bit about the differences between contractors and employees from the research that I have done. I think a lot of times when we hear people talk about their team members, it can be a little bit misleading since a lot of times those teams are built up of contractors. Ultimately, contractors own their own business. So their number one priority is building their own business. They're there to support you and with what you need, but ultimately their number one priority is going to be themselves and building their own business. So one thing is that you can't set their hours. So if they want to work at 3 a.m., they can do that. If they want to work a standard nine to five, they can do that. So you can't decide when they work, which means that a lot of times you can't really schedule reoccurring meetings with them unless they are okay with it. Of course, then a lot of contractors will do that. I think one misconception is having like team meetings of a lot of contractors really isn't in a contractor role. Another thing is that you technically shouldn't be training contractors. You're hiring them for a specific project or task to take on. You can hand over standard operating procedures that shows them how you do it and how you like things to be done, but you can't really onboard, train them and do ongoing like educational training and development. You're hiring them to do a specific task. Kind of thinking about like if you hired someone, if you hired a contractor to come into your house and do your plumbing, right? Like you would say, I would like this faucet installed here, but you're not going to train them and do ongoing development with with them on how to do that specific task. When hiring contractors, you're hiring based on the assumption that they are the expert in their field and they're doing that specific task. So that means that there isn't an onboarding or training process that you have to worry about when hiring contractors. When hiring employees, I found that onboarding is essential and so important for getting them used to your company culture, your communication styles, and like integrating them in with the mission and vision and values of your business. It can be a lot less intimidating to start with contractors since you aren't responsible for scary things like workers' comp insurance or health insurance and benefits and paid vacation time. Starting with contractors or really part-time employees is a really great way to have like a lower stakes way of getting used to delegating. I think one common misconception is that all employees have to be full-time and that's not true. There's a lot of people out there that want some part-time hours or a job to fill in the gaps of their current schedule or something that's really flexible that they can do while at home. That's a really great fit for a lot of people. If you're thinking of hiring, don't think that you have to start out the gate hiring a full-time employee. There's a lot of different ways that you can delegate and get help within your business. But starting with a contractor and or a very part-time employee is a great way to get used to delegating. And you also learn 
different communication styles, like how you communicate with one person might not work for another person. And it's a great way to get used to stepping into a leadership role. That's one thing that I found personally really hard was getting used to working with other people where when I'm self-employed and a solopreneur, it's just me and I'm making the decisions and I don't have to communicate how I want things to go or like my vision. For me, it was like a huge learning curve of learning how to communicate the vision, the big the big goal, and then also how I want things to be done that are aligned with Quill & Co or aligned with the brand. I think there's like this big balance between giving autonomy and ownership to that person for the role, but then also making sure that it stays aligned with your vision. So that was a big learning curve for me. And I'm definitely still learning it. (laughs) All of this, I am not an expert in. I am learning this as I go, learning every day. That's why we're here. You're stepping into clarity with me on this particular topic. So thinking about integrating employees into Quill & Co was really big for me and really freaking daunting, honestly, like the scariest thing I did last year. You not only have to think about like who you're going to hire and what they are going to be doing for your business and what those expectations are, but I also realized that I had to think bigger and beyond just like a task-based role. It was more around when hiring employees, I had to think about how will I make sure that they understand Quill & Co's mission and vision and values. And I think that's one part that I started to realize where it's so important to have a brand strategy in place for your business, where you can hand over that big picture thinking to them and make sure that everyone is aligned and on the same page as far as the big vision and overall mission for the business. Another thing that I've had to think about is like, how can I give up my ownership of some projects and like control around them and hand them over to someone else? How can I give them ownership and purpose on their own projects? And I realized that that's something that is really fulfilling for me is having someone else take it over and lead and take initiative on that specific project. Like when we have team meetings, there is nothing more exciting to me when I have a team member present to me on a project and tell me how it's going to happen and what needs to get done in order to reach that goal. That's really exciting for me. And it's not something that I found surprising and like I wasn't really expecting to to realize through this process. Another thing that I've been navigating is how to build a fair and supportive community within within the business while still setting really clear expectations. Like my ultimate goal is for everyone to feel supported and also making sure that everything stays in integrity with with the product that we're putting out. So giving like creative freedom while also staying in line with like a Quill & Co aesthetic is one example. So that's the things that I've been navigating through this journey, like some key themes that have been coming up for me. And so maybe you have been thinking about starting to outsource or you have been thinking that like one day you'd like to have team members or maybe you do have team members right now. 
So if you are thinking of getting ready and you want to outsource, here's some things that I would recommend for you to do. So start taking notes on everything that you do in your business. Even if you think that it might be like years down the road before you bring on a contractor or employee, start recording everything. Even if it's just you right now, start building out a SOP library and SOP stands for standard operating procedure. And this could just be a Google doc written out of step-by-step how you do things. It could be a big picture overview of like the flow of like a client project. It could be different tech tutorials, like how you do a specific thing. And even if it's just you, it can be really beneficial for you to reference. Like I still reference my own SOPs all the time, at least twice a week, probably I'll go in there and be like, wait, how do I do this thing again? (laughs) There's so many things that we have to remember. So it's really great for not just you to have everything organized and in one place, but also makes it so much easier when you do bring on help to have that built out and you can just hand it over to someone and you won't have to answer the same question over and over again. I also recommend keeping an email template database. I think database is probably a fancy word, but basically just a, it could be a Google doc of different email templates or standard responses that you send out. Even before when it was just me answering emails, I would copy and paste the email response and send it off so I wasn't having to think about it all the time. And it's been a really great resource for bringing on help and having all of those templated emails in one place so I can make sure that emails are being responded to in like the Quill and Co voice. And there aren't any questions that come up of like, hey, how should I respond to this? So streamlines everything and makes it so much easier. Another thing to do is take a week and write down all of the things that you do in your business, like every single little task that you do. And then you can start to rank them on how much you like to do them. Like, do you actually enjoy it? And is it a task that only you can do? Like right now, only I can record this episode. (laughs) I can't have a team member record it, but I could have a team member edit it. I could have them create the show notes. I can have them add it to the blog. I can have them repurpose it into other content. I could have them make graphics about the blog, um, about the podcast. Think about things that only you can do. When I first started to do this, there was a lot of things that I I thought that only I could do, but then thinking about it more, it's like, well, is it really only me or am I just feeling like too attached to that. And while you're doing this exercise, there'll probably be some trends that will pop up. What are you realizing while you're going through these tasks and while you're ranking them? There might be a theme, like maybe you really hate answering emails. Maybe being in your inbox gives you major anxiety because that's me. (laughs) I hate checking my email. Um, So maybe there's different themes that are coming up and that could be a great place to start outsourcing or thinking about having someone take on those specific tasks. For me personally, hiring has been so exciting and really fulfilling and simultaneously absolutely terrifying. (laughs) Employing real human beings with lives and families and wants and needs. It has been really stretching for me and a new territory that I've been embarking on. I think that it's something that a lot of people don't talk about is like how scary and uncertain it is. I think that talking about your team on social media can sometimes feel like a flex, but it's 
it's so much more going on under under the surface of learning how to step into leadership and do things that are really uncomfortable, having to give feedback, balancing between being like fair and equitable, but also obtaining the integrity of what you're of what you want your company to be. There's just so much going on underneath the surface. It's so stretching. So one thing that I've been thinking about a lot is reflecting on past bosses that I've had or different work environments that I've been in and thinking about like, what did I really like about those different jobs and how can I bring that into what I'm doing? Or thinking back on all of those bad bosses that I had and thinking about what I didn't like that they were doing and how can I get rid of that and do things differently? I think a really cool thing about hiring and having employees is that you get to create the company culture that you want. I mean, obviously other than following all laws, there's lots of laws, but you get to do things your way. You get to create your own culture, which I think is really cool and really exciting. I feel so grateful that I get to create my dream company culture and continue to expand on that dream every single day. So whether you are a few months or maybe a few years away from hiring, if this is something that's a goal for your business, I'd really encourage you to start thinking now about that dream culture. Start now to get clarity on what a part-time or contracted or even full-time employee could do for your business. Take those steps, write down all of the things that you do in your business and start crafting your ideal work culture. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode. I would be thrilled to know if any of this resonated with you. Send me a DM on Instagram at quillandco.design. I can't wait to continue this conversation. And of course, as always, I welcome your feedback on topics to cover going forward. So go ahead, send me a DM on Instagram. I cannot wait to say hi to you.